0: Welcome to the Bubble Hour, where real people sing real songs on the radio. No, that's not it at all. I was just in a very punchy mood, and since it's just me on the show today, I couldn't help but sing along with the opening music. And I have, uh, I'm have i out at the ski cabin. My reception is not the greatest, and everyone is out skiing right now except for me because I decided to stay in and record a quick podcast So I'm hoping this goes well because I have actually am on about hour three of trying to make this work. Uh, Technology on the go is just not always what we want it to be. But today the show is a little bit different than uh, most shows anyway. So I just wanted to squeak a quick one in because it's going to be another week before I have a regular guest. And I thought I would um, read you something. Uh, This is a guest who... Uh, I've been trying to get on the show for a while Because we've been emailing back and forth And and he's been struggling a bit And so uh, in the end we decided uh, That he would allow me to share his emails instead Because they tell a story Um, That he is just not ready to tell you in person right now And it's a story that a lot of you have experienced Which is kind of the highs and lows of recovery And just sometimes um, as time goes on um, We are surprised how we can get shaky So this uh, comes from a reader by the name of Charles A reader and a listener Charles first wrote to me through my blog, Unpickled And um, I suggested some Bubble Hour episodes to him at that time uh, Because uh, he was Having the experience of being kind of a High functioning executive type And we had some specific episodes on that And then he began binging on the Bubble Hour, uh, finding so much Connection here from the story that many of you Have shared and uh, that we've all Heard and found ourselves in So um Uh, And then I've also heard from some of you, you'd like to hear from some guy, so you're going to hear it from a guy read in my voice, at least anyway. So his emails are shared with permission, and um, uh, I think you'll find it interesting. So it all began, uh, actually this is over three years now worth of emails that you'll be hearing today. Uh, It all began on October 29, 2014, when I received this email, um, first thing in the morning, in my inbox. Charles writes, Somehow I saved your blog to my iPad reading list. That icon stares at me. It calls to me. I'm a high-functioning alcoholic. There, I said it. I drink about five to seven drinks a day, five to six days a week. I use the alcohol to unwind as I'm a highly successful type, hard-charging personality. I completed the Ironman race in 2011. I am extreme. I've accelerated my drinking in the last year, and in a way I feel as though I'm forcing myself to choose who I will become. I'm 43. I own my own business. I make more money than I ever dreamed I would. It's a high-stress job. The alcohol takes the edge off. I live in a low-grade hangover. I'm scared. I want to be a moderate drinker. Moderate to me is three or four beers twice a week. Yesterday I resolved to quit, but I had dinner out on business and had five or six. I'm awake at 2 a.m. I think that's when the booze wears off. I can't sleep once it does a lot of the time. So I start thinking about work. I'm tired by 9 a.m., and by 5 p.m., the wolf is at my door. I have the willpower to stop. I'm scared to utilize it. I'm petrified. I've never told anyone, you're the first. And you don't even know me Well, this isn't an unusual type of email for me to get In fact, many of you listening uh, may yourselves have written to me And as you know, if I can, I write back And I try to write back quickly, if at all possible Because the window of opportunity can be uh, small And it can only be open sometimes for a few hours And so I know that the best we can do when possible Is to write back really quickly with some encouragement And so here is what I wrote back to Charles just a few hours later. Charles, I expect you felt equal parts of fear and relief after hitting send this morning because to confide takes so much honesty and courage and a little desperation. Thank you for trusting me with your truth. I'm honored and grateful to listen. Our stories are, are nearly identical in so many ways. Reading your words takes me right back to my own high-functioning days, and I can feel the weight of it. It is such a love-hate relationship. I'm going to give you my honest thoughts. Some may say that no one can tell you if you're an alcoholic, but I will tell you this. Given that you're drinking more than twice the recommended maximum, which categorizes you as a heavy drinker and at a high risk for addiction, and that you drink despite resolving not to, yes, I'd say you're dead on in calling yourself a not high-functioning alcoholic. From here... Quitting is your best option, your only option really, except to keep drinking and hit a lower bottom and then be forced to quit. But here's the good news. As a high-functioning, high-bottom alcoholic, you statistically have the greatest success rate at recovery and have the most freedom and choice when it comes to choosing how you'd like to quit. I want you to know that life is so much better without the drinking. I feel better, I perform better, I'm nicer to be around, I enjoy my success, I dealt with the shit that was causing me to drink, things I didn't even know needed fixing, things I thought were just me, but that I didn't like about myself. So don't just stop drinking and change nothing else. Do the extra work to dig out the root cause and you will find yourself transformed. So, Charles, what next? Walk in a meeting? Call a therapist, a recovery coach, a sober companion. Go to detox or rehab. Do you have any friends or acquaintances who are sober? Helping others is one of the keys to maintaining sobriety, especially for people in 12-step programs. So if you reach out to someone in a program, you will almost always find a kind and supportive partner. The next step is action. Take on this project. I'm happy to help you get started, so please stay in touch. Today can be the day you take it all back. If you are this successful in a constantly pickled state, imagine what you can achieve living alcohol free. So then later that day, uh, Charles wrote back to me again and said, Jean, thank you. My 15-year-old jokingly told me two days ago I shouldn't be drinking on the job when he saw me working at the house with a beer at 6 p.m., my assistant coach jokingly asked why I wanted to finish practice on time. He said, What, you want to get home and drink beer and watch the game? Coincidence or a not so subtle message? I'm going with the message. Sometimes I drive with a beer on the road home. I'm an elected official, and if I was stopped, I'd make the paper and embarrass myself and my family. I do it anyway. In May of 2011, I completed the Ironman in under 13 hours. I drank very little and trained all the time for a year. Once I completed that race, I decided I would be a moderate drinker. Three and a half years later, I'm still trying to moderate. A third of a decade of wasted energy trying to find balance, balance that can't be had. My father and two uncles were alcoholics and drug addicts. They all died from drugs or gone wounds. My mother's three siblings are alcoholics. We've buried two of them. Alcoholism killed them. My grandfather was an alcoholic. It's time I admitted that genetically predisposed to addiction. I drew the short stick. My tough luck, I guess. I'm going to quit today. I've quit many times, oh, for 30 days or even 90 once, but never forever. I just can't drink anymore. I can't imagine going out to the lake or on vacation without alcohol. My wife and I are going to believe next week. I just have to admit, I'm not one of those people who can simply enjoy alcohol. Charles. So the next day, up in the middle of the night, again, uh, Charles wrote, I closed my eyes, I slept, my body rested for the first time in weeks. Yesterday I called my sober friend and told him, admitted really that it was decision time for me we talked for an hour two things we discussed struck me big time one it's time for me to give up something business work my flying hobby exercise coaching baseball city council or alcohol i simply can't do them all i've tried and i've failed i'm choosing alcohol to give up The second thing he told me was that when he drank, he essentially left the party he was at and created a new one that only he was at, one that was not real. That struck me. Where am I trying to go all the time with alcohol? What place am I leaving and why? I have no idea. Maybe I'm just being lazy, taking the easy path, the wide instead of the narrow. I'm scared to tell my wife. I'm scared to admit the weakness. My job is to carry all the burdens, not produce them. I will tell her anyway. There's no way I can slay the wolfie alone. I'll keep in touch. I browse randomly through your blog, and it gives me courage. Charles. So I replied to Charles again, and I won't read you all of my replies because the story is, of course, in his emails. But here I wrote... Wow, Charles, I'm impressed. You're taking the bull by the horns. It's fantastic that you called your friend. I can almost guarantee your wife won't think you're weak, but rather the opposite, for taking charge of things before you were too negatively impacted. You are still her knight in shining armor. Wonderful, Jean. And then I didn't hear from him for a little while, um, presumably because he was on vacation. So 10 days later... I received an email, so now this is uh, mid-November 2014. Charles writes, I made it through vacation on the beach. No wine, beer, fruity cocktails, no compromising my day with when and what to drink. It was a truly wonderful experience. Wednesday will be 14 days, and I know the tough part is coming in a few weeks. I've been trying to write it all down so I can look back. When I feel good and strong and invincible, that's when the real challenge will come. But I am hopeful. And then a few days later, uh, just a short message saying he was listening to the Bubble Hour, the C-Suite podcast. Uh, and um, we wrote back and forth a little bit, mostly me encouraging and letting him know and really encouraging him to stay connected to his wife and to talk, keep talking to his friend. Uh, and then... Um, After listening to the Bubble Hour a little bit, Charles wrote, I'm learning a lot. I didn't know there was coaches for this. Your Your discussion about business partner intervention struck. Me and my partner signed a performance agreement, and the reference to alcohol scared me. This was last year. I'll be looking for more podcasts and reading through your posts from the early days. It gives me hope. And a month later... December 2014 Another email, another update from Charles Hi Jean, well I'm on about day 35 or so But I try not to count Because it makes me feel like I'm going to reach some target No point in counting to forever, you know I made it through Thanksgiving holiday My wife is watching me, perplexed at first She, knows, she now looks at me with admiration She gives me strength I've lost about 2 pounds of alcohol fat, which is nice I still can't find the motivation to exercise, even though I was an athlete, but I keep telling myself that my body is healing itself and my mind is preparing itself. We will see. I studied for and took my written exam for a commercial pilot's license, and I'm actively seeking for a newer, bigger, faster plane. I always do this. It's my extreme personality. Maybe this is the renewed outlet needed for a challenge. I guess I plan on challenging my wallet this time, too. When drinking, I'm satisfied to plan the next Mexican meal with a spectacular margarita or a trip to the lake with a 12-pack. But now I find myself dreaming of other things, bigger, better, healthier things. So far, so good, Charles. And then a month and a half later, late January 2015, Charles writes, still, zero alcohol. It feels like a miracle. I prayed for relief from my urge, and it has been seemingly given to me. I cannot describe the blessing I feel, like it has been given to me. I tear up on church every Sunday. Charles. I wrote back, Charles, you were reading my mind when you sent this message. The very day you sent this, I was wondering how you were doing and sending good thoughts to you and your family. Thank you so much for the update. I'm overjoyed to hear that things continue to go well, and I do encourage you to keep up. those personal reflections asking (coughs) excuse me why do i need to numb out sometimes a few subtle shifts in our thinking can work wonders in creating major changes in our perspective i once heard that a ship's captain who changes course by only a few degrees can wind up on an entirely different continent than where he was originally headed many continued blessings to you and your family stay in that gratitude So then uh, Two months later So this is spring now Of 2015 Charles wrote My whole thinking has changed Tonight I arrived in Oklahoma for training Afterwards many headed out to the bar I had no interest at all Previously I would have counted the minutes Before social hour I weighed 188 pounds in August 2014 I found where I had recorded it A month ago I got my workout bug back Uh, I may have mentioned I did the Ironman in 2011 and I'm not a normal workout person. Yes, Charles, you have mentioned the Ironman. We know this is very important to you. Anyway, he continues, now I weigh 178 pounds and I'm running again. Your story was the spark that ignited this fire. I don't count sober days because the number doesn't mean anything. Why count days whenever I'm not going to drink again? There's no point. Thank you. And then three months later... Eight months after the first email from Charles, he wrote, I am so thankful for being free. I just want to encourage you to continue your blog as it was such a strong catalyst for me. I quit on October 29, 2014 forever. My understanding of an alcohol-free life deepens with each passing month. I think I was a baby, and now I'm a child or maybe an adolescent in my journey. I wonder what my understanding will be when I'm old and wise. Charles. And then I didn't hear from Charles again, but I didn't worry because he sounded so good when he signed off. I thought perhaps uh, he was ready to just go and and find his way, and I knew he had a support person there. Uh, And uh, so I continued to assume things were good, and I occasionally do an email cleanup, and some of you have gotten these emails from me, too, where I write you back and say, checking in, how are you, where are you at? (laughs) Uh, But I hadn't heard anything So then two years later This came Uh, So As I said The last thing that he had written Two years previous Was that he was a baby And now he was perhaps a child or an adolescent Well when he wrote to me two years later He wrote this Being an adolescent in recovery was right I decided I was really a normie About a year ago And over the months I went back to moderation hell I never quite here or there, always compromising. Funny to read my email journey to you below. I'm listening to the bubble hour now, a man sitting in a room listening to, with women, just listening. Thirteen days ago, I told my wife, okay, shit, I'm not really a normie. And when I quit drinking in 2014, I substituted tobacco. I've been a closet dipper my whole life. And then in 2016, I quit all forms of tobacco for good. I think I've truly crossed that bridge and slipped back into a glass of beer or wine, which proceeded to take over its predictable course. So now for the first time ever, no alcohol, no tobacco at 46. Thanks. One thing I like about the bubble hour, he writes, a number of callers are just like me. I don't black out or embarrass myself. I drink. I get a buzz. I stop. I go to bed. But the alcohol just begins to grind me down. It takes my energy. It removes me from my focus on my loved ones. It steals from me, really. It's like living with a thief in my house. I look over and some dude is stealing my stuff and then comes back the next night and I just watch and do nothing and sit there. It's a funny visual for me because I'm such a type A person. I would never allow that. So keep up the good work. I feel really good about my decision. I feel really strong, really convicted. I've been alcohol-free for 15 months, and I experienced two alcohol-free holiday seasons, and then I slipped back to my old pattern. I feel empowered by the experience and hope that this time I quit for good forever. Charles. So a few days later I wrote back to Charles to send him some encouragement and I asked him if he might allow me to either share our email chains on the podcast or be a guest um, to talk about what it is like to try moderation after abstinence and, um, and then to try to regain abstinence after unsuccessful moderation. And Charles wrote back and said, uh, yes, Please feel free to read any of my emails on the bubble hour. Just keep me anonymous. So, guess what? His name isn't really Charles or Charlie. Uh, I don't feel worthy of a bubble hour interview, but I will someday. I still feel I'm a fake. I feel soft and weak and a quitter because I quit quitting. When I quit the first time, I barely marked the day. I didn't keep count, but now I count. Now I hold each day as a personal gift from God himself to me. We count birthdays, I figure, and a day with a clear mind is more significant to me than a birthday, 18 days and 16 hours, and feeling good, by the way. I've reflected a lot over the last five years. I mentioned my Ironman race in 2011 below, but I don't know if I told you. That race, it was a desperate attempt to take control of my alcohol consumption by brute force and it worked for 11 months i finished the race in less than 13 hours i hung up my bike where it still sits probably with the leftover power bar still taped to the crossbars and i proceeded to accelerate my consumption living on pickled is so much easier than that ironman race and more effective too charles 2 months later another email from charles 70 plus days and i almost hesitate to write for fear of losing it but I feel a deeper maturity and a deeper and more meaningful understanding that life is meant to be lived and often endured without the cheap numbness provided by alcohol. I read that first email I sent you three years ago below, and I honestly wonder who that is. Was it so inconceivable? What is so inconceivable is transformed into the conceivable. Three years have passed since I first emailed you. I've spent two of those three without alcohol. The rest of the time was spent attempting various forms of compromise. For those destined for hell, I imagine there will be signs in the foyer pointing to various locations. One being, for those who loathe being neither here nor there in the perpetual state of unsatisfying compromise, please turn right and you will find your door on the left with the sign above that says, Come on in or stay in the hall. The holidays are here, and for the first time, I have little or no anxiety about being holiday, about being alcohol-free this holiday season. From Charles. And then just last month, one last email from Charles, at least one last one to date. He writes, "...125 days, and I feel as strong as I ever have. I feel like I'm transforming. I now desire rest and coffee in the morning and laughter. I just don't desire alcohol." I've always been a believer and have said that one of God's gifts to me is an underlying faith. It's it's rarely wavered. I was born with it. Even though I only found church in my 20s, my wife and I together, I prayed for relief and God has given it. And actually, I guess I seem to have finally accepted this gift. I gave up tobacco about one and a half years ago. Soon after that, wine crept back in, and after quitting wine for 16 months, and that brought me to 125 days ago, substituting one vice for another. For for another one and a half years, I never added back the tobacco. So for the last 125 days, I've been alcohol and tobacco free, and loving it. But ice cream at night. Craving carbs because of no alcohol, I think, well, I had to get off that crutch. So now I just finished day 11 of P90X and eating really healthy. All possible because first and foremost, I'm free of alcohol. I'm in an awakening that is hard to explain. I cry easily. It's like I see now how precious everything is, how fragile it is, and how fast the seasons come. I'm no longer numbed or preoccupied with decompressing with alcohol. I have no choice but to see and feel what is in front of me. This email chain is like my own little blog to myself. I can't remember precisely the guy that wrote that original stuff below. He's unfamiliar. It makes me nervous. How can I so easily push that place aside? But I'm glad to have written evidence of that place I resided in, Charles. And that brings us to now. And I hope someday Charles will come on the show because, of course, his feelings of unworthiness, so many of us feel that. But the fact is our stories help each other and they help ourselves. And I think a lot of you um, will understand what Charles has been through. And I know a lot of you have been there yourselves. And if you're stuck there, if you had some freedom from alcohol and you went back and tried to moderate and you just can't get back out again, um, there's hope. And um, you don't lose everything you had You don't lose all your sober time before Like Don Nickel from She Recovers Has often said If you're driving from New York to LA And you get lost You don't turn around and go back to New York In the middle of the country You get back on track And you keep going from where you're at And that's the message of hope That I hope each of you takes from Charles's letters And uh, from knowing, and if you see yourself in his extreme personality, whether it's being a workaholic or an exerciseaholic or uh, Instagramaholic or whatever your ism is, I I think a lot of us tend to that. Um, Like Ellie has said, a lot of us like zero and we like ten, but we suck at five. Um, I think that there's a lot that resonates here. And uh, I hope that you found this useful and insightful. So I will be back next week with more interviews. I'm spending this weekend lining them up, and I'm really excited about what's coming up for everyone. And um, I will talk to you soon. And um, please feel free to write to me. And also I invite you, if you want to just record me a voice memo and email it to me, the email address is thebubblehour at gmail.com. You can send me a voice memo if there's something you'd like to have Played on the air but you're not feeling comfortable being a guest for a whole hour just email me your voice memo and i'd be happy to share it with our listeners okay that's it for today i'm going to put on my coat and go outside and enjoy the snow and the sunshine and i hope all of you are having a great day wherever you are at until next time everyone take good care